नमस्ते लास्ट वीक एज पार्ट ऑफ द सीरीज ऑन शुरबिंदोज लाइफ थ्रू इज पोएम्स वी वर डिस्कवरिंग हाउ शुरबिंदो एज द लवर ऑफ ह्यूमैनिटी एंड इफ यू लुक एट शुरबिंदोज पोएम्स इन द अर्ली पार्ट एंड हिज लाइफ रियली वेरी इम्पार्शली आई एम सेंग you would see a tremendous love that is there in his heart it's so palpable and one has to be blind in the heart to miss it and to just look at him as a professor and you know all through that love is so palpable and it's there in his poems every shade of love human love i'm speaking of one can imagine is there in shubhendra's poem every shade from the highest to all shades of love are there expressed and of all kinds you know there is that famous poem <coughs> the spring child vasanti and let me just read a couple of lines there you know to the spring child vasanti where he where he is simply wishing happy birthday to a child now can we imagine we go we wish we give some gifts and all that but here is shurbindo the lord of all wishing <coughs> to the the spring child vasanti this is just 1900 so this is just around the time that shurbindo is turning now it's amazing shurbindo did not have physically his own child so when you look at it like that there are people who don't have a child who don't lead a so called you know life of a grahast in that sense and uh, they become very dry because they don't understand what it is but look at shurbindo without having a child look at the love that exudes from its heart this is actually written for a child's birthday basanti's birthday blessed child you know for whom he has written offspring is a name for whose bud and blooming we praise today the giver offspring and its sweetness clings about her for her face is spring and springs without her as loath to leave her without her spring will be like you know loath to leave her and it's a long poem but just to oh dear child soul our loved and cherished for this thy days had birth like some tender flower on a grey stone portal to sweeten and flush with childhood immortal the aging earth there are flowers in god's garden of prouder blooming brilliant and bold and bright the tulip and rose are fierier and brighter but this is a softer you is such a whiter and milder light so is described is actually foreseen the future the personality that there are different personalities but you have this personality of being soft and tender that's your you know but there is an innocent purity about you and this is how in 1900 he is writing he is uh, literally writing a birthday card this is another one which of course written later to r on her birthday so this is the lover of humanity and what kind of love they must have exuded on everybody who was around last time we touched a little bit about you know his love rinali uh, devi where he says that a love which is based on physical appearance doesn't last long and a love which is based on qualities voice and other things may reach till the pyre but doesn't go beyond but when we see ourselves in the beloved that's a love which can go beyond the pyre and the grave and return back hand in hand to pursue the great uh, you know immortal journey so this is the kind of love he embodied but 
that is the different that somebody who is born for greater things this itself is a benchmark if shrubindu would have just remained a lover of humanity it would have been something wonderful but this is the difference that suddenly the life of someone who is marked for a spiritual life he is showing us the steps and the stages can never be satisfied within the human formula everything is fine if you look at shrubindu's life So Shubhendu says that also that you know this kind of barag and this talk about barag, especially this kind of tamasic barag where your life has been disappointing and you want to turn to God, it will not work out. Even when you go to God or you enter an ashram life, you will still be seeking and craving the same things. So that barag doesn't work. Even a rajasic barag, born out of temporary disappointment, tamasic is where one doesn't want to put in effort. So you know a monastic life. offers you that okay you will be taken care of all that you have to do is wear a certain kind of coat of you know dress and uh, do some mala and prayers and that's good we know what happens there recently you know suicide and all that it's that's how it is it doesn't change nature then there is another kind of varagi uh, which is rajasik where you were doing very well and you have met meet with disappointment in life now in shrubindu's life we see all through say brilliant career he is extraordinarily brilliant and he has got a job with people who would covet so there is no varag of that kind but in spite of all that he knows that this is the limits of the human formula and that is why the mother says that who is ready for the supermanhood she says those who in spite of everything within the human life still know its limitations still know its inadequacies that's what we see in one of his poems early days a doubt <clears throat> what is the doubt of the lord many boons the new years make us so he must have also celebrated new year felt you know in new year people have a party people drink people dance so all that happens many boons the new years make us but the old world's gifts were three dove of cyprus wine of bacchus pans sweet pipe in sicily So there was music, there was dance, and there is that kind of gaiety in the atmosphere. This is what the old world gave: love, wine, song, the core of living, even at the highest. What is love? At the highest, it is divine love. That is the core of living. What is wine? It is the ananda, somras, and what is the song? The rhythm, the divine rhythm according to which life must move. But at the lowest level, this is what it tends to, you know, replicate. the core of living sweetest oldest musicalest if at end of forward striving these life's first proved also best question mark is this all ultimately this kind of enjoyment human life in his own life when we see like a life which he could have just enjoyed but there is something else which is happening at that point of time because he is you know the avatar and this transition that we see on shurabindu in many ways reminds me of shri krishna's transition so shri krishna has come to bring love and delight and freedom to mankind and we see him dancing with the gop gopi of course many parallel things are happening along with that and suddenly we see the shri krishna of vrindavan changing over to you know one who the slayer of kansha and then the mahabharat 
because he knows the world is not ready for this delight, for this love that he has brought to earth. And something similar we see in Shurabindo's life, that till then, if we really look closely at his life, and he describes it, he says, somebody said that, oh, during his young days, he used to have a rolling laughter. He said, well, I used to laugh a lot, but not a rolling laughter, as somebody has said. So, But he used to laugh. He describes that experience when they, there was a cricket match, and with the cricket team after that, they all said the only time he played cricket was in Cambridge. But he was also part of that, you know, Baroda and they sit together on a table and, you know, they sit together and have a little fun. He describes all that. He had those experiences as a human being. But he knew the limits to which these experiences go. Our problem is we start with that and think this is the end. So he goes because suddenly he sees, like Krishna in Vrindavan, that no... I can't be dancing forever. I can't be just releasing the energies of love because the world is not ready. So he sees the world is not ready and there is a greater call that comes upon him. And that is what I want to read today. One of his Bengali poems translated in English. I think the translation is either by Arindamda or by uh, Nalnida. I am not too sure. Bengali writings are generally translated by Arindamda. But poems, some of them have been by Nalnida. So I don't know this particular one. But uh, here, let me see if they say, no, they have just written the section poetry. Now at that point of time, something is happening in India. Shurabindra has a very good job. He has got a very secure life. He is married 1900 to, you know, the one of the most, she's, Lani Devi was extremely beautiful. So what else could one want in life? But there is another call that is beginning to ring inside him. He is born to end slay the darkness of the age. But before doing that, he must slay the darkness that is around him. And what is that darkness around him? Is in India itself. India has become like a fallen race. There were that time people who were supplicating to the Britishers, who were, you know, who believed in prayer and petition. That is how it used to go. And we see his writings in the Hindu Prakash, which started with that, new lamps for the old, which he abandoned. So simultaneously, we see three movements going on in Sri life. One is the lover of humanity. Second is the urge towards uh, India's freedom. And the third is the spiritual core, which is beginning to emerge. So here we see a combination, beautiful blend in this poem of the spiritual and the nationalist. For Shurabindo, all through nationalism was a religion, it was a spiritual nationalism. It was never the kind of nationalism that we understand. So India was the mother and uh, she had to be awakened. And she is indeed awake and um, if you read this poem, Shurabindo hears the cry, this is 1900. Actually before even the, um, if you see the history, the armed revolution as it is called. It starts a little later, 1902, Bhag Jatin, he is the one who comes, Shubindu meets him and there is a rumbling going on and there are people who come together, they want to have an armed revolt against the British. Before that, the policy is prayer and petition. You are our Lord, anyways you are wonderful, you give us very good education, you give us food, can you allow us a little more freedom? And Shurabindo is to speak about Poon Swaraj. Nobody has till that point of time ever spoken. So this is 1900 when people still believe that it is through the Britishers that the emancipation of India will come. And all that they are asking for is somewhat a little bit of freedom. And what is that freedom? For 
their people also to be represented what is that freedom if we ask in very plain terms give us little bit of power to some of us and in 1900 shivindu writes this poem the mother awakes it's an amazing poem it is midnight so we hear about the divine coming in midnight aadhi raat prabhu darshan denge we hear about shri krishna born at 12 it's midnight it's literally midnight at that point of time india lies absolutely fallen and he hears the cry it is midnight the world is asleep in silence the earth is asleep in the lap of darkness darkness of ignorance asleep are the heavens breathless the wrathful winds heavens are also asleep so gods are still to you know uh, take human they are still watching the play from there they know that the avatar is there but they are still watching let's see what's happening so they are also asleep the stars twinkle not in the dense blackness of the clouds this is the state when literally describes the state when shirobindo would have come and looked upon this world golden he came armed with the flame and looked upon the world that is greatness must free might and greatness must free the birds wrap their eyes with their wings what a image this is even those who were capable of flying in their thoughts in their minds they have covered their eyes they don't want to see what's happening they are happy in their little little homes and rest self absorbed in their nests my i am getting a good pay i am happy i have got a lo- lovely life why should i bother sure in the himself we will look at it has got a very comfortable life outwardly animals wander not nor are footsteps heard even these animals would be helpful because there will be some anarchy some breakage some rousing of people in that dense night something is happening nobody has heard shubindu hears the cry then the mother awakes the mother awakes with a terrible cry the mother awakes opens her frightful eyes as though a pair of suns that time she comes what are you people doing lost in tamas and then we see how why she in shirbindo's uh, subsequent sadhana we see krishna and kali not krishna and radha world is not ready for that krishna and kali the mother awakes not a leaf moves the still flame of the lamp is dying in the room in the lonely paths of the city what is that still flame of the lamp is the mental thought people have become abject slaves they can't even think for themselves there is no original thought there is just a mass of superstitions dead rituals which they call as tradition and people mock at it but allow it that was the british rule in the lonely paths of the city in the fields and the woodlands and the hills plunges in sleep all life the surges of the sea waters break not in laughter upon the shores utterly still unmoving the ocean is voiceless entire state of tamas ocean is the world forces they all accepted all over the world this is how life will be so better accept the britishers will sing dance enjoy and outside the cinema halls will be written dogs and indians not allowed 
and if somebody is allowed to enter and just stand for a while oh, he is so great see they are so nice they do recognize after all and to some person they will give a knighthood and will be very happy sir sir called by it is a ploy just like you know many of the prizes that are given today so it was a ploy to make some people very happy to appease why then does the mother awake world is asleep they don't want her now we remember in savitri when the mother tells shurbindo ashupati no soul is thy companion in the night in the light what thou hast asked what thou hast won is thine but ask no more nobody is asking for this why she is awake who can tell what has she heard and is awake maybe a prayer from his heart we don't know in the night whose is the silent prayer that is awakened the mother to rise with a terrible cry and i this who else can write about this prayer which has gone from the silent heart except the one who has prayed so many aspects of shubhendu's life which we see scattered as these experiences who will say who has prayed except the one who has prayed will know with certainty what he must have seen all around and prayed when the mother fell asleep whoever hoped that even in the midst of blind darkness she will awake sunk in the night void of hope the heart broken for good in sorrow that is the state described exactly of the indian people and perhaps the world at large during that time broken in sorrow because it is accepted some 400 years of mughal rule then british rule in between pockets of dutch colonies and french colonies and we are people meant for the mud this is what was told what kind of gods you have you pray to a stone you pray to you don't even know you don't have one god you don't even you have so many of uh, you know you have so many cults we have one god one scripture not realizing that this is a weakness but that comes much later even in sleep is startled to hear the fall of a leaf such is the fear that if a leaf falls oh my god i remember this my parents they were 19 uh, uh, this about uh, early 1900 must maybe 1920 30 around that time or maybe 35 so they were traveling in a train first class compartment on a pass and suddenly when uh, my father mother and my mother's mother and then suddenly some they used to call gore log so the britishers came drunk and no reservation required they left this legacy that travel without passes tickets actually i'm telling you people who lived that time it was like my train how does it matter in in one's own country one behaves differently like indians in singapore see they will not throw anything so they came and they occupied and they are like it doesn't matter they are looking trying to pass lewd remarks and my father is blood is boiling and suddenly my father says better to leave this compartment then my nani was a dabang she told what dare you how dare you do this get out and all that she she could say that but this was the state of fear that look here it's your own country but anybody could come any time and you feel threatened they were good people but that's not the issue there are good people always everywhere in every one but the totality the reign of fear so he is describing the fear even in sleep is startled to hear the fall of a leaf the royal fortune of the mightly asura proud and cunning and overpowering the perfect description 
has besieged the earth. Suddenly, a terrible cry is heard. The cry of the mother, suddenly like the roar of hundreds of oceans is heard. The voice of the mother, to awaken her sons, called aloud the mother, like a thunderclap. Wake up, wake up, wake up my children, wake up my children. Why are you slumbering? Wake up the gods. So he is describing that state before creation when even the gods are not awake. They are watching the play. So she is calling them. Around 1903, it's at one point, Shubhinda also remarked it, that many of the people who came close to Shubhinda and the mother, who served them, you'll see they are born around that period. And when somebody asks Shubhinda about this, he says, yes, when the divine comes, he does not come alone. He comes along with the, you know, those godlike beings like Duman Bhai, he did say that he is a Vedic seer. So like that, there are beings whom we don't know who they were. And they came, Pavitrada, Aspects of Sri Ramakrishna and Christ they, had, they were embodiment The mother was crying, calling them And the avatar is already in the midst So now these souls have to come and do his work With a grieving, heaving heart Was there none awake In the darkest of night For the sake of the mother A few only with saffron robes Covering their bodies So you see this, the link of the Nagari world There is the Bande Matram, the Anandmat Which Shurabindra has translated He translated 15 chapters Not the entire book First the 13 chapters Then later the first 2 chapters also It comes as a, uh, you know So there we see this revolt of the sannyasis And Barinda had taken this idea very deeply and he also wanted the revolt of the sannyasis and which we see in um, in Bande Matram writings during that time, much later of course, where he wanted Shurabindu to write a pamphlet to call people for an organized revolt. That time it was still something which was brewing. So that time Bhavani Mandir was written that we want to build a temple and Shurabindu says it, it was done at Barin's behest. He requested him to write and he wrote. Now some people take it this way that it's not Sri writing. If the Lord has sanctioned, he has sanctioned. Very powerful writing. But it's just the context he has given. Ki this was not his ultimate way. Because he knew this is not going to work. A few only with saffron robes covering their bodies sat in the temple with the bare sword in hand. So you see the entire, he has written about Bankim Chand. There are chapters where he speaks about Bankim Chand, translated the Anandamad, spoke about Bandi Matram as the mantra. He has given an obituary, uh, you know, on Bankim Chand Chatterjee. So this we see reflected in this poem where he is invoking the Divine Mother. Devotees of the terrible mother to anoint with their own blood the mother's feet, wakeful they pass the night. So this is how he must be, you know, his heart, sensitive heart, must be experiencing the darkness around and what he could do for it. Hence rose the mother. So there were some. So it is also that even if the darkness is darkest, keep invoking and calling her. With a mighty thirst in wrath awoke the mother. With a lion's roar filling the universe awoke the mother to awaken the world. Raucous laughter spurts out of her mouth. Kali's at Tahas. A lightning flash gleams in her eyes. Frightful is the blood red flower of her anger. Javaful power which is you know symbol of that. In wrath she swings in her hands the heads of two titans. <laughs> the mother rises and sends out a grim invocation. Much later, Shurabindu would write, With the wind and the weather beating around me. 
But now he is awakening the mother. In his own blood, in his own body and in the whole nation and the world. Thou sprayest rain of blood over the land. So this even Bhavani Bharti. We can see these are the seeds of the great revolutionary. It was Kali that Shurabindu had literally invoked within him. And for a long time Shurabindu signed his name as Kali. And he was so identified with Mother Kali. So people often know of Sri Ramakrishna's invocation of Kali. But they don't know of Shirobindo's invocation of Kali and not just like a prayer and worship, but a kind of identity with he, which he inflamed. But what is beautiful is that all this tremendous power he could contain within. He did not sing, dance, jump outwardly. He continued to remain quiet. Bhola bhala, sadhu vachya. You know, gentleman, perfect gentleman. What's happening inside we can see. What thou at this dead of night stringing the titans, titan heads in thy hands, thou sprayest rain of blood over the land? The two eyes are like hearths of fire. Fearful is the mother shaking the earth she roams about. So after that we see, uh, see 1857 was the, um, that last bit of that revolt which took place. Jhansi Kirani and Shubindu says Sri Krishna's action continues till that point of time. And then the last fires smolder under. And 1886, if I am not mistaken, um, Sri Ramakrishna passed away. And in front, Swami Vivekananda is there, 1904 or 2, I may be mistaken. He also leaves his body. In between, we see around the time when this fire has to start, there is actually nothing. There is a long period, 40 long years. When people are abject, we cannot imagine that period. We know about the freedom movement, what they must be experiencing. And the kind of slavery they have got accustomed to. It's our land, but no, it's their land. And all kinds of drama, the Aryan people, the Aryan-Dravidian divide. Oh, Aryans were also invaders. We are also invaders. What's wrong with it? We are a superior race. All this completely fallen. At that time, Shurabindu invokes and the mother arises with a loud roar. Arise, arise. Thy voice rises to chase. All sweet indolence. That's why he writes in his letter to Mrilani Devi. It's not that I don't love you. These words I'm adding. But it amounts to that. Because she feels, you know. She misses out. She says, it's not that I don't love you. But what do I do when the um, 300 million people, they are knocking at my door. The whole country lead, needs me. And I know I have the power to lift the fallen race. So he says, what do I do? Should I leave? And same thing in, uh, you know, Shubindo's Sanskrit poem, where he speaks about in Bhavani Bharti, that ultimately, what do I do? What do you do when your, the titan is sitting on your mother's breast and sucking her blood? And later on, casual remark in evening talks, he says, he says, Gandhi's non-violence, all that is very fine. But what will you do if Hitler invades with his army? You are going to plead to him non-violence. He will find no better passage than this. So what do you do? So he must be... Now he had brought this time the power of the sword. The chakra which is on the uh, discus of Sri Krishna is actually the light. So this time he said, okay, this chakra can cut one head, two heads. But with this light embodied within my brain and my pen, I am going to make many heads fall. And if you look at that 
from Shurabindo, the armed revolt, the uprising started again. Now he is not, you know, he didn't do it dramatically. That took a gun like Mangal Pandey and fired. And then <laughs> he didn't do it dramatically. But he did pick up another gun which was unseen. And with that he fired the, uh, you know, the, the fire of patriotism and nationalism in a nation which was asleep. So actually I would say the revival of the entire freedom movement was indeed with coming of Shurabindo. And he started from within outward. That is his method. He invoked the mother. Before we are going to do, there is, has to be a propitiation. So whom do you propitiate? You propitiate the Divine Mother and Yagyavedi is being formed. It is our mother who is coming and asking for sacrifice. It's our mother. She comes on her forehead, burns her eye of death. Dancing to the rhythm of the clanging of a necklace of human skulls, lo, the mother comes, arise, arise, a violent voice calls, gods and titans and men, all, a cruel roar here, a high cry of joy there, it is my mother. And all of them came. At that point of time, we suddenly see the early part of the uh, previous century. Suddenly, there is a surge of activities in every area. In the midst of storm and battle, sword crashes against sword, body to body resounding. Fire rains and rushes about in the fight. The skies are different. With all the fierce noises, the ears burst, the earth sways. Blood flows and flows free as though flowing streams. When, oh when shall we know the mother? Now he gives something very beautiful. When our call goes out like the ocean roar, wiping off with a mighty breath the whole kingdom of the titans and the violent goddess comes smiling, then shall we know the mother. So the doom of the empire was actually decided in 1900. We see many events taking place at that point of time. Shubindos on one side physical marriage, 1902 actually it starts with Shurabindo, the revolutionary movement physically and this is Shurabindo's own words. So around the turn of the century 1900 and he is invoking the divine mother and the mother in the form of Kali comes. The mother when she dances bathing in the stream of flowing blood and he has foreseen what is going to happen. Then surely we know it is the mother awakened at last. So she comes and no wonder around that time a series of experiences begin. And we see that, you know, while in Baroda, now already these two movements have started. He is a mission child. Now when there is a mission person, he is protected also. He is the one who has come to do the work. So there is a special protection. And that we see in um, that poem, The Godhead, I sat behind the dance of dangerous hoofs, which describes Shobindo's experience that he is going in a carriage on the roads of Baroda. Suddenly one of the wheel uh, comes out and the accident could be fatal. But he sees from within him a Godhead search forth. That's why he says that the avatar is always divine, but he is the progressive manifestation that takes place. So, during that period from 1900 to 1905 specifically, we see the lover of humanity transmuting into the lover of um, India and eventually into the God lover and the lover of, from the highest standpoint, embodying that love. 
So we see during this period 1900 to 1905, 1905 we completely plunges, but already it has started. And the spiritual experiences start. And he, in fact, undertakes spiritual practices so that, uh, you know, pranayam, for example, four to six hours a day for nine months is not a joke. I am not sure if people advocating pranayam do like this way. And he says that 200 lines of poetry could come through and he experiences, his hairs developed a shine and he experiences uh, experiences uh, tremendous vitality and all these things. If he did not advocate these methods, it is because he found a much simpler way and a much more complete way. And that is the mother. But we, his children, why he didn't teach us something about pranayam? Let's do pranayam, okay? Fine. He's not saying no. Do go the long way. The short ways give the prana to the mother. That's what he says. And the rest is done for you. But we find it too easy. Why? Because our human arrogance, mind. No, I must do something. At the end of this, I'm, I should have the right to say I am a yogi. I must claim that I have done yoga. If mother has done everything, then where am I a yogi? Not realizing is the highest of yoga to be surrendered to the Lord. That's what we see in the Gita. At the end of teaching everything, the Lord says, Look here, I'm telling you the greatest secret. Sarv dharman parityaja mamekam sharnam raja. So it's not easy to surrender because the entire ego personality resists. It doesn't want. It constantly says, I, I, I. And to surrender to the divine means thou, thou, thou. <laughs> it's no more I. So this is a state which is we see. Um, and then... When yoga starts, there is something very interesting which Shubindu speaks about. Like everybody else, human nature, they, there are sides and aspects of human nature which is part of the surface personality. So he is embodied himself. He has taken a physical body in the world. He is in contact with the world. So there is a surface personality which is formed. The Godhead is the inner being. That is a secret truth. So in every one later on, Shubindu says there are two parts. One is the surface personality which... Average human being thinks it is that person. If the surface personality is gone, it is bundle of, it is physical constitution plus habits which one has acquired from the environment, which one has acquired from, you know, the education, if we can use the word education, and society and everything around, and that forms a surface personality. Like for instance, a person says, oh, how, are you, how are you doing? So now, you know, some people are very impressed with this. But basically it's what it's, you have acquired a way of speaking. It's a surface personality, nothing more. You may speak a very stylish language, whether it be Hindi or English or anything. But that's something which you have picked up. There are people who speak very well. That's something they have picked up from the environment. Speak very well means these kind of external. Some people dress very well. And people say, oh, what a personality. Now, this is not the real person. There is something else which is inside that the inner being. That's what we see in Shurbindo beginning to take over the outer. But the outer is still there. That's why in Devasuri Sampada, Shurbindo says very clearly, chapter 16th of the Gita, that it's not like some people are God-like Devas and others are Asuras. Because, you know, he knows what we are going to do. You know, Devasuri Sampada, you Asura, I am Deva. He says, it's not like that. He says, man is an Asura by birth. <laughs> it's all of us. And there is something hidden there also, secret. It is that Asuric nature which is converted is also part of the divine work. 
and that becomes a powerful instrument because who is the asura who has labored long drunk the poison all this <laughs> so devas are good what is called goody goody beings so you know very often they lack that bal force so he says man is an asura by birth he become say god by conversion so this conversion from this life of ego life of desire life of lust greed fear which we think as everything towards a greater light a greater consciousness higher consciousness a deeper consciousness this conversion holds within itself the seed of all the fruits of yoga that will come later so this is the first step necessary and shubhendra says the first step is to dissolve this um, faith that we have in the ego and its momentary personality it is to dissolve this shraddha and put this shraddha into god so this we see beautifully in one of his poems and these are all before going to pondicherry the exact dates we don't know but uh, it connects with the yoga it is on page 212 and the name of the poem is the vedantins prayer so someone asked rabindo what this prayer indicates he says this prayer indicates the conversion of the asura so when a person with asuric tendency he too has hope he too has can change but what is needed is he can't continue and indulge ad infinitum he has to surrender these to god and to invoke his light his grace his bliss into this earthly nature that is how the change takes place so here he gives the process of the yoga as well as something which we can see that the next 5 years what was sure been the preparing simultaneously he was preparing himself so that the entire nature becomes ready for the fullness of the divine the vedantins prayer page 212 spirit supreme who muse this is interesting because vedantins prayer vedanta traditional vedanta doesn't speak about change of nature if you really read through it speaks about realizing the one and breaking the mold of nature and yet without a certain degree of change of nature you can't realize the one so this is the paradox one cannot say i'll do whatever i feel like doing i lead a life of desire and ego and yet realize the one no this change is fundamental it's not about transformation of nature but a fundamental conversion the vedantins prayer spirit supreme who muses in the silence of the heart eternal gleam it's hid still deep inside he is he knows it realized it thou only art this my truth this the divine nature here is the real seed ah wherefore with this darkness am i veiled my sunlit part why am i veiled what is this darkness this ignorance so it is described in the vedas ignorance is covering the light of truth which is within so very often people ask me the difference between ashram and the world so ashram not as an institution again my concern is ashram and you know there is a zone a formation special formation in which a special work goes on the world is everywhere and the divine is everywhere the difference is that outside the divine within is oppressed by the world and divine will win he will emerge so he is struggling to emerge here the darkness is oppressed by the divine from every side so it starts running it wants to escape the pressure and when it runs it comes to the surface and is visible outside it is very carefully neatly hidden behind the dress and the smile and the words see there are people who have mastered the art of deception 
This what the mind teaches us. So that's the outside world, and here it comes out because there is pressure. So is praying. My sunlit part by clouds assailed. He says, "You think I have not gone through doubts?" He says, "I have myself not trod the sunlit path, but I know it exists, and neither me nor the mother wants you to go through that process." He has gone through it. He says everybody has gone through it. Even in Alipur jail, he goes through that. That I asked you not for myself, but only for the country. Why have I been brought here? And then he hears the voice, "Wait and see." So doubts. That's why to Dilip Kumar Roy he could write reams after reams of letter, because for the divine, even if there is a momentary experience, that's enough to understand what human beings experience. So he says every human experience I have had, and we see a glimpse here of the human side of the divine. Avatar and the divine side. So uh, that's what he says in essays on the Gita. The divine, the avatar is a dual phenomena, human and the divine, both. Why am I thus disfigured by desire, distracted, hoiled? Every line is a marvel. Disfigured by desire. If desires don't come, life is so straight and beautiful blossoms. Scorched. by the fire of fitful passions from thy peace out thrust into the gyre so the world is like a gyre in which you know one is caught but this is the peace within why are we repeatedly outcast into that state into the gyre of every gust betrayed to grief overtaken with dismay surprised by lust we'll see every human experience so shubhendra is not somebody who doesn't know us that's the difference between the traditional yogas where the master says sit straight on this and just pray the outer nature remains as it is here he is ex- aware of the human experience let not my gray blood clotted past repel thy sovereign ruth nor even delay blood clotted past these are atavisms we carry in nature shubhendra used the word atavism which come from parent which come from the environment which comes from the circumstances of your birth and upbringing which come from the past nor even delay o lonely truth nor let the specious gods who ape thee still deceive my youth he is in the full blown youth you know how old is shubhendra 1900 28 is full blown youth and even if you take another 5 6 years when he plunges into the freedom movement he is a young lad of you know <laughs> young man youthful man 35 maybe you know 33 so it's gleam of youth he says i don't want to be deceived by specious gods who are the specious gods false gods false gods are power money fame name these are the specious gods who ape he says i don't want any of these things these clamor still for i would hear the eternal voice and know the eternal will so they are crowding around him money is chasing him uh, of course uh, power is chasing him all these are there around him but he says i don't want to be deceived by this these so that's why the avatar's life is an example for all of us unfortunately many of these things we don't won't get in the standard biography or if they are placed it's presented in a very different way so it is these the play of the human and the divine and through that so that he can show us the way and the process and the path this brilliant show 
cumbering the threshold of eternity, dispel, bestow. And he had lived a life like that. When the Maharaja would call him to his private functions, parties, imagine, Maharaja is like the Prime Minister of his state. Because that's how it was that time. So what an opportunity. People would grab at it. But Shurabindu always avoided. So, Shurabindu says later, finally the Maharaja gave up on me. For him, for the Maharaja, Shurabindu was a showpiece. You know, these are the kind of people whom I have employed. You know what a brilliant English he speaks and expect him to. So he, he knew the whole show. But naturally you will come in good favours of the Maharaja. But the Maharaja knew that Shurabindu is too indispensable. He can't let go of him. <laughs> Otherwise, all his harkat, all his behaviours were like, he says that, you know, it was not like every time the Maharaja called he would go. He knew that. But still the Maharaja gave lot of concessions because he knew after all what a priceless jewel he is. So here is that description that he knows these are clamoring. Just imagine to be so close to the Maharaja and yet he doesn't. Because he wants to hear the eternal voice and know the eternal will. This brilliant show cumbering the threshold of eternity. Dispel, bestow. It looks like it will last forever. It will not. The undimmed eye, the heart grown young and clear, rebuke in me these hopes that cry so, defini- so deafeningly. Oh, you are meant for this. You are a great man. You see? After all, who is there like you? You are a super genius. Hopes. And he is not counting on any of those things. He is saying, take this away. People go to God to fulfill their ambition. Here is somebody who is going and saying, take away my ambitions. People God, go to God to say, give me money. And he is going and saying, make sure I don't fall into the trap of money. And then God took it very seriously. So for a long time, he didn't have the money. His own prayer answered. <laughs> Nobody knew. Sivinda says, I have always tried to remain in the background. It is the confounding British Empire that brought me to the forefront. He never wanted to be in the forefront. He wanted to guide the entire movement from behind. But we see that British government caught him, took to the jail, then Chitranjan Das, then this, that, then Bandri Matram, Karmi Yogin, and suddenly we see Shubhinda shot to fame, something which he didn't want. So he's saying, I don't want these hopes that cry so deafeningly, remove my sullied centuries, restore. My purity. Oh, hidden door, restore my purity. So different from make me pure. It's our nature to be pure. See, this is different from the uh, Semitic concept that man is born impure. He is born in sin. And therefore he can be made pure by something outside. But here the conception is that man is in his deepest nature pure. But he is sullied by the lower nature. And if you remove it, the purity will emerge. O hidden door of knowledge, open, strength, fulfill thyself, love, outpour. So this is uh, the period during which Shurabindu is budding as a 
revolutionary, budding as a yogi. It's a period of preparation, plenty of poems. We see during this period, he visits uh, Chandot, the temple of Mother Kali. There again, he has the vision of the world mother. All these things are going simultaneously and parallel until in 1910, we see him plunge into the entire revolutionary movement. And then what follows, we'll read subsequently. Namaste.